And we, we have the capabilities to truly help out some of the homeowners. We have a gentleman I just met with yesterday out in Hagerstown that absolutely terrible situation, sad situation. He's 87 years old and there's no plumbing in the house. This man has been living without a bathroom for decades. He has an outhouse in the back. There's no well, there's no septic. The, the roof is caved in and it's leaking, roach infested. So I'm actually coordinating right now with a, an adult care place. Welcome to the Maryland Real Estate Influencers Podcast, where we explore the ins and outs of their local real estate market. Join us as we chat with industry experts, uncovering tips, trends, and strategies to help you navigate Maryland's real estate landscape. Get ready to elevate your real estate game. Let's dive in. Hello there, y'all. Thank you so very much for tuning in to another episode of Maryland Real Estate Influencers. Today, I do have a special guest with us, and we're on the opposite side of the industry uh, today. I have Alex with us, and it's Van Brooklyn. Am I pronouncing it correctly? Brooklyn, like the bridge in the borough. Oh, Brooklyn. Okay, that's easy enough. And uh, you are with Victory Bravo Real Estate Solutions. And tell us a little bit about you and what got you into um, our industry. Sure. So it's Victor Bravo, and it's the um, the name of my company. Really, is the foundation of who we are as a company. So my coal sign in the Marine Corps was from my last name, VB. So Victor Bravo is kind of where that came from. So okay. you know, everything everything that we do in the company has a, a foundational element bred from my time in the military. I um, love that. So that's that's really where where the name came from and where we started off. That is uh, it. What brought you into the real estate sector? What made you have a fascination or just a curiosity about this? So I would say 98, 99, somewhere around there is when I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad for the first time. And at that point, I was like, I want to buy real estate. So I didn't know how to do it. I didn't know what to do. I didn't come from a family of means. So while I was on deployment in 2003, I started learning a little bit about real estate and uh, on my next deployment in 2004, I actually bought my first investment property down in Jacksonville, North Carolina. You know, bought the property while I wasn't even there. I had my sister as a power of attorney, closed on the property, and I held that until 2013. Wow. So that was the, the broader market. And then in 2004, I came here to Baltimore for training, and I walked and drove through Baltimore City, and I was just amazed by the potential. I saw vacant property after vacant property, just a tremendous amount of opportunity to go in there and, and find a property, rehab a property and put it back out on the market. And um, so I did that when I got stationed here in 07 and bought a property in East Baltimore and did a full gut rehab on the property, moved into it and lived there for a while. And then just kind of it, it snowballed from there. Wonderful. Very wonderful. Now, do you do the renovations yourself? Uh, when you say by myself, am I swinging the hammer most of the time? Uh, no, I work with uh, I work with several different general contractors. I okay. also do have my own crews. We've actually scaled back a little bit over the course of the last um, year and a half, two years now, due to some you know, uh, personal situations. So I'm going to be rebuilding the construction side of it here moving forward. Um, but yeah, so we usually use other general contractors, but we'll have them come in and they just run the project soup to the nuts, or I'll pretty much stand in as the general contractor myself and manage the project. Wow. So how many properties do you have at this time? So that's a very interesting question. Um, technically right now I have zero properties. Uh, um, do you want them in an LLC? 
Yeah. Well, no, that too. But my divorce just got finalized on Monday of this week. So. Oh. Well, congratulations. Um, and yet, yeah. I'm a little sorry yeah. that those things happen. It, it, it's, it's, it's a bittersweet, bittersweet event. Yes. Um, but we, we parted on good terms. And in that you. relationship, we, her and I built a, a pretty robust rental portfolio, all in entity, a full entity structure. So she's going to take over management of it and um, continue managing that portfolio. And I'm starting from scratch. So next Wednesday, I officially close on my first property post-divorce. Wow. So, well, congratulations. What a big deal that is. Yeah. So it's and now you mentioned Baltimore City uh, when you first came here. Where do you do most of your business at this time? So my my buy box is in the Route 40 corridor from Dundalk up to Havana Grace. Anything okay. along the Route 40 corridor, I will buy and hold or I will buy and rehab and put it back out for resale. Um, I am going to start looking again at some Baltimore City properties just because it's there's some there's some absolutely beautiful communities inside of Baltimore City. You know, brick row homes that are just they're they're never gonna fall apart and uh there's a lot of good people in baltimore city as well so we'll we'll be over the course of the next year as i'm revamping and, and re-standing up my construction teams I'll, i will be looking at doing some work inside of baltimore city wonderful now how do you find these homes because if i remember correctly you don't find the homes that are on the multiple list you're off-market properties how do you find them Ooh, that's the that's the tricky part of what I do. Um, so what I've pretty much developed over the last six years is several different systems where we go out and we find off market properties. We do a lot of marketing, um, a lot of direct mail. I have some cold callers stood up that are reaching out to, to people that own houses. A lot of the properties that we buy are estate properties. So somebody has passed away and the property is just sitting there. A lot of properties are upside down. So families don't they could do anything with it. They're this close to just walking away from the property. So we'll work with them in order to coordinate with the bank to go through a short sale. Um, we do a lot of tax lien properties and then just homeowners that are just done with the house that just need to sell. Wow. So I would assume that if you're dealing with those individuals, the houses aren't in the best of conditions. To say the least. Yep. Yes. So, and uh, so that you have to have teams or crews that go in there that not, not only I would assume help the the people that are living in there or the people that are handling the estate and clearing that out as well as cleaning out the house and then the renovation starts so i'm sure that's like a several tier process that you're working yeah. with yeah, and it's and we we have the capabilities to truly help out some of the homeowners we have a gentleman i just met with yesterday out in hagerstown that absolutely terrible situation sad situation he's 87 years old and there's no plumbing in the house. This man has been living without a bathroom for decades. He has an outhouse oh, right. in the back. There's no well. There's no septic. The, the roof is caved in and it's leaking, roach infested. So I'm actually coordinating right now with a, an adult care placement company to get him placed and get him taken care of. So I'm coordinating directly with them. So when I come to the table and I purchase the property, I'll be able to say, this is what I'm going to pay for it. So they can build out a plan in order to get him placed into an adult care community and know exactly what that budget's going to look like for the, the course of the next couple of years. So they can determine which, which facility is the best place to, to get him set up. in. So it's, so we go above and beyond of just buying a house. We also have a box truck where we, we help out our sellers. If we have somebody that wants to get their stuff moved, no problem. We get the box truck, we get all this stuff loaded up and we'll get their stuff moved to wherever they have to go. Wow. 
I mean, that is definitely going above and beyond. And and how did you run into this gentleman in Hagerstown? So nowhere near us. No. So this was actually from a relationship I have with a company out in uh, St. Louis, believe it or not. It's uh, it's an organization called Mom's House. We are a certified Mom's House senior representative out here in Maryland. Okay, I've seen them on TV. Yeah, so we're able to perform, uh, we're able to stand in as as that bridge between the time when a uh, senior is going to get placed into an adult care community. So typically, the way it works is... We are all stubborn in our own ways. So <laughs> when when we get to that point in our life where we probably need some care and, and have to have some care, we most of the time are just stubborn enough not that not to go out there and get that. But then we get injured, we fall down, we break a hip. Mom get breaks a hip, so we go to short term rehab, which is typically about a hundred days. And it's in that hundred day time frame is usually when we get involved because most people after that 100 days, do not typically come back to their home and cannot live the same life they lived before. So at that Mm -hmm. point, the biggest asset that most people have is going to be their home. So we can step in at that point, come in, and a lot of these houses, and I mean, I'm I'm not talking about houses that are in pristine condition and somebody's Mm -hmm. taking care of it. Some of the houses we're looking at are hoarder houses that are not something that can be sold on the regular market. So we step in and we'll buy the property as is with all of the stuff that's there, and in that way, that the, the 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 person who's going to the adult care community, they have that financing lined up so that they get placed and get moving on with the rest of their life. That's very interesting. So I knew that you were an in- investor, but I didn't know the the depth of what you did. Yeah. That that's very huh. that's very interesting. It's it, it's a helpful part of the uh, this industry that I haven't been experienced. I have no experience in that in my 25 years of doing, uh, of being in this industry. I've never had run into that before. So I find that fascinating and um, very appreciative that there are people out there like you that are, that are helping those um, elderly that are, that need the help. And it's not easy because it's, we, we come across some terrible situations where there is no equity in the house. And then we get pushed up against the wall where it's like, OK, we, we have to help this person. So we've actually coordinated with some uh, some of the placement companies here who have very good relationships with some of the nonprofits. So we've been able to get people placed into different nonprofit organizations where they they have no money at all. But the house is not livable. So and, and, it, and it is work. And at the end of the day, we make a, a tremendous amount of money on some deals and some deals we don't. Some deals we, we lose money on. And that's okay because at the end of the day, it's we're still creating a winning situation. We're getting somebody placed where they need to go. We're buying the property, and whether we keep that property and do the rehab, or if I bring another one of my investors in and we put the property out to them, at the end of the day, it'll be a good property to get back on the market at some point. Wow, that's and then how long is the typical? I mean, I know I don't. It's hard to say typical rehab because you have the, the one home that has no plumbing. And then yeah. you may find something else that is just a hoarder situation where it, you got all the faculties of the property, but, you know, you have to get everything out of it. But do you have a typical or do you keep your when you're looking for a home? Are you trying to find one that, you know, is within a 90 day rehab? No. Uh, and the reason I say no is because if I can't do the work myself, I have a very robust network of investors throughout the entire state. So oh, if I look at something down in PG County. Um, down in Hyattsville is a perfect example. I'm probably not going to do the rehab myself down there. 
So what I'll do is I'll bring another investor to the table, work with them, coordinate with them, work with them on what their time frame would be. And if they want to get something, they're looking for something that needs to be done in 90 days, I'll bring a deal to them and then we'll work through that deal. Sometimes we fund the deal. Sometimes we go as a joint venture with them. And sometimes I'll just assign the contract to them as well. Now, when you buy, are you buying in cash or are you getting financing for the properties? So I do nothing. And there's a lot of investors out there say, oh, I'm a cash buyer. And we advertise that we're cash buyers because at the end of the day, it, that's that's the way the transaction flows. But we use private money. I use hard money. Um, I'm actually now in this new phase and new chapter of my life is I'm reaching out to a bunch of Marines that I've served with. I just met with a couple of them last night and I pitched them on on putting some capital into what I'm doing because at the end of the day, I pay for my money. I pay for my money whether I'm going through a local uh, hard money lender or if I'm going through a private money lender. And my thought is, well, if I'm going to pay somebody for my money, let me pay one of my old jarheads that I served with 20 years ago that's doing fairly well for themselves and they've got 100 grand sitting in a bank. Let me reach out to them and employ their money and make them some more money. So we'll be working on that. And then the next phase of that is as I move forward over the course of the next six months is I want to be able to scale the amount of rental properties that we're buying. And the only way to really do that is to leave some money into those properties. So I'm going to be reaching out to some, again, some of my old Marines that I served with and, um, and offering them an equity opportunity, an equity partnership in the deals. So in other words, we'll take a rental property down and they come to the table with the money. I'll take, I'll bring the property to the table. I'll get the rehab done and I'll manage the property. And then we split the profits at the end of the day and, and just continue to build. That's wonderful. So do you have uh like, you know, what are goals? You know, I know understand we only have four four months left of 2023 and then all of 2024. Do you have specific goals that you are working with for uh, your business that you would like to hit in the last four months now or, or next year? So my business itself has multiple different layers. My acquisitions company took an absolute clobbering over the last year and a half. And we look completely different now than we did back in 22. Um, yeah, partially due to the divorce, partially due to just some internal changes. I went from where we had 14 employees down to where I have no employees and just a couple of uh, contractors that work with me right now. I have an assistant that she's absolutely amazing, um, set up as a contractor. So the, the, the entire shape of that part of the business is different. So my goal for that business, particularly for, for 23, is just to stabilize. That is it. I need to stabilize the business, get back to where I have all of my books in order and I have the business back in the black. And that's really what it comes down to that on the personal side of it, on the acquisition side of the rentals is uh, like I said, I'm, I'm divorced on Monday. I'm buying a property on Wednesday, uh, four more properties by the end of the year. That's my goal. And that's okay. the goal moving forward is I want to buy 10 rental properties a year for the next five years. So oh, back, wow. to that, back to where I have 50 rental properties. Wow. Okay. 10 more. For, okay. Uh, yep. And then uh, if now, have you been able to sustain that in years past? Yeah. So we were, okay. we were, we were tracking, we were, we were moving in the right direction. My, my uh, former spouse and I, we were moving in the right direction. I was taking the properties down and she was doing a phenomenal job of getting the rehabs done and getting them tenant, tenant occupied and, and, and managing the property. So, but we put all of that on hold about uh, is it a year and a half ago now, mm-hmm. so almost two years ago. Gotcha. So it's time and, to start, start back up. And then what will you do with the um, rental properties? Will you just keep that, keep your 50 
and keep fronting them out? Or is there a certain period of time where you're like, okay, I want to get, uh, you know, this is my plan to get rid of the X amount in this time frame, Or is this something that you're trying to build uh, more of a legacy for your children? No, it's my kids will, my kids will not get any of the assets that we have. Um, they'll, they'll reap the benefits of it. Like one of the reasons mm -hmm. that we, that my ex and I decided to maintain the portfolio is because we bought it to build our family. So those properties that we have now and her and I, are, I believe we're on the same page. Like we're going to start selling them off in eight years from now. When my son starts okay. going to college, they're there to pay for the kids college. Like, oh, I, that's I wanted, great up plan. Yep. I, I wanted to ensure that if my kid wants to go to MIT, he's going to MIT. As long as he's got the grades, we'll pay for right. it. And, and the way we're doing that is with the rental properties. So that is that portfolio. Now the portfolio that I'm going to be building now, it's going to change. Um, my desire to really plan five, seven, 10 years down the road is kind of on hold right now. I so I'm, I'm planning at a three year phase right now. So, you know, I got my plans laid out for the next three years and I'm a big planner. Um, but after that, I, 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 I don't know. I know I'm going to build the passive income so that I have the opportunity to do whatever it is that I want to do at that point. I love that. You had given me some really good advice when I first met you uh, back in the fall um, of um, wanting to get into uh, being an investor and having a personal plan. And in a 10 minute conversation with you, you extremely quickly had it all laid out what I need to do. And you just work the math backwards. And as somebody that does math for a living, I was just like, it's so good. <laughs> like it, it took you no time at all to lay out. Okay. Well, how let's take the end in, in sight and what kind of, what do you want to live off of? Okay. In order to do that, you need to do this and then this and work your way backwards. I was so in awe how that all those numbers just came off the top of your head and you're like, okay, so you need to buy three rental properties a year in order to do this. Da, 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 da. I was just in shock. I've never spoken to anybody that was so clear, so concise with what I specifically said that I wanted to have happen in the next, I think I said 10 years or I think it was 10 years when we spoke. So I was very interested in that. How long did it take you to get that kind of knowledge that you could just nail that out that quickly? Honestly, it's it's not complicated. It's it's not something we're ever taught. Nobody teaches us this in school. But when you when you sit down and you look at what your goals are and you build out a goal, we get intimidated by them. Like right. two years ago, I had a goal. Of, well, actually, I started I guess, about five years ago. Two hundred and forty single-family rental properties that I wanted to have in a 15 year time period. And that was going to give me a million dollars a year in passive income. Now, eight years ago, if I would have said that, it would have just sounded like gibberish, a million dollars a year. That's ridiculous. But then when you break down the numbers of how many properties that really means to buy a year over a 15 year period, you look at it and you say, wow, I can actually achieve this. And any of those, any of those goals that you build out, if you start at the, at the end and you say, okay, well, I want to make a quarter million dollars a year in passive income. $100,000, whatever it is that fits your lifestyle. And right. I can't dictate that for you or anybody else. That's a, that's a personal thing. And you sit down and you just break the numbers down and you look at it and you say, three properties a year? Shit, I can do that. You know, And right. then, then it becomes so much more tangible where you can look at it and like, three properties a year? Hell yes, I can could, I could do that work at a full-time job. I can right. work a 40-hour work week 
and I can still buy three properties a year. And a lot of people don't realize that. A lot of people get intimidated by it, especially when it comes to rental properties. There are a lot of people that think that, oh, well, I'm going to buy, I own one or two rental properties. I'm set for life. That's, that's not how it works. Right. One or two rental properties is the most risky position you could be in. Because if you own two rental properties, if you have one vacancy, you have a 50% vacancy. That's it. Yeah. Your numbers are decimated for the year. But every rental property you add to that, when you have a vacancy, it, it hurts you so much less. So, and that's why a lot of people try to focus on multifamily investments where, oh, they want to buy 20, 30, 40 unit buildings because it is, it makes more sense because if they have one or two vacancies in there, it's not a big deal. It's the same yeah. thing with single. I think that's what small. I told you. I wanted, I wanted to. The, the four unit property was my, is my sweet spot is what I yep. wanted. And they're harder to find than you think. Um, Absolutely. Yep. And they, very they really are. It's very, very challenging. Uh, so I think I knew the, the answer to this question, but I'm going to ask it anyway, is that if you have one thing that you think is the secret to your success, what would you think that is? One thing. Hmm probably changed over time. I would say that for me right now is that just the realization that uh, tomorrow is not guaranteed and you got to take action, period. Sure if you, you know, if you just wait and you wait and you talk about your ideas and you, you plan and you sit back and talk about what you could do, what you should do. And at the end of the day, while you're doing that, there's somebody that's out there that's just taking action and just do it. Right. So that, that would be the, the biggest thing that has really kind of allowed me to move forward. You know, this, this last year has been rough. This last year has been extremely rough. Okay. And I think what's really kept me going over this last year is just putting one foot in front of the other and just keeping going. And, you know, it, it's I got through the divorce. That's done now. So it's like, OK, I have another property we're closing on. And it's only because in, in the, the roughest times I was able to just continue to take action and continue to move forward. Mm-hmm. That's true. In, in the last two minutes that we have today, I would love for you to tell us a little bit about the charity in which you have, uh, because that's how I first got to know you, um, is through your charity. So it's so a lot of stuff has changed, obviously, since we originally met. So the goal back in November 2022 was that we were going to build a whole, we were going to do this whole gala event as a fundraiser for America's Vet Dogs. Mm -hmm. um, I'm a huge fan of him. As a matter of fact, I have a phone call set up this evening um, with one of the reps from America's Vet Dogs because I am looking at getting a new service dog. Okay. Uh, kind of got convinced by a bunch of people close to me that that like when I had my service dog, it was a life changing thing for me. So a bunch of people like you should probably get another service dog. So America's Vet Dogs is an absolutely amazing company. They are a subsidiary of Guide Dog Foundation for the Blind, based out of Smithtown, New York. Um, a truly, truly amazing company. They started in 2003 when they saw a need from returning service members coming back from combat, uh, both physical disability, physical you know, mobility issues, as well as PTSD issues. So they have an entire section of their company dedicated just to veterans with mobility issues and PTSD. And their, their service dogs are not like some five-minute certification that they get. Like they train for a year and a half before the service member is placed with that dog. Um, we as a service member have to go up to New York, we train with the dog for two weeks and then this continual service and continual training with them. Phenomenal organization, like hands down, one of my, my favorite nonprofits out there. Oh, thank you. I, and I didn't know that it had changed so much, but thank yeah. you for sharing that with us today. 
And if people are interested in more about learning what you do and how you do it, how can they get a hold of you? Whew, that's a good question. So I'm on all the social media outlets. I kind of I, I shun social media for the last handful of months just because of you know, sure. course and everything else. I will start posting some stuff again. So I'm out there. Gunny VB is my name on most of the social media outlets. Um, my website, my main website is victorbravo.com. Um, I have a book out there as well. I wrote a book. It's called You're a Veteran, So What? Get Over It. So it's, uh, I haven't done a, I've never done a big push to, to get it sold, but I was super proud of the book because when it first came out on, on uh, Amazon, I actually have a screenshot of it. I was the number one bestseller right next to Jocko Willenick's book. If you know Jocko Willenick, I mean, Extreme Ownership was one of the, the, the best books. And I was like, my book's right there with his book. So it's, uh, it, it was a good time. I'll push oh, again for it. Absolutely. Uh, thank you so much. I was just setting my timer because I didn't want to take my, the podcast to cut you off. But thank you so very much for being on the podcast today. Thank you for sharing with us um, and with the whole industry and just shining more light into what you do and how you do it and how successful that you've been. And I'm so grateful to have you here. Thank you very much for having me on, Jennifer. It's truly a pleasure. Absolutely. Have a great day. You too. Take care now. Thank you for joining the Maryland Real Estate Influencers Podcast. We'd like to ask you two favors. Number one, forward this podcast to three of your favorite realtor friends. They'll thank you for it, and I'll thank you for it too. Number two, we'd love reviews. It helps get the word out. 